And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. All right, we're live. Welcome to the Elevating IT Podcast, episode something. I have no idea what number it is, but it's an episode number. (laughs) I'm, I'm punch drunk, Frank. It's been a long week. It has been. <laughs> How are you today? It's Friday. It's July 24th. We just got off of a great webinar with our friends at Datto. So it's been a crazy day, crazy week preparing for it. Um, but it was the part one of a three-part webinar that we're uh, really excited to be, be running with them on. Yeah, I was uh, just really appreciative uh, of Datto um, in sponsoring that webinar for us, um, really identifying you know, our product and uh, calling it out um, and, you know, deciding to try to get this to as many, uh, you know, people in the MSP industry as they could to, uh, to help them sell better. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting and, and kind of, a, you know, in, in being with Audit, I mean, you founded Audit, so you have, a, you have one view, you know, one way of looking at it, right? You, you founded the company, so you're, you're I'm sure, very proud. Um, I was a, I can, I'm a founding member partner of the company, uh, but I'm, I'm not the founders, but I'm incredibly proud uh, because, you know, here we have a company that's, that's one of the big companies in our industry um, who, who kind of has, a, has said they want this in people's hands, you know, and they saw the value in it. We've had deep conversations with Rob and Eric at, at Datto. And it's, it's really makes me feel good to be a part of a company that has the, the respect of a lot of the bigger companies in the industry. Yeah. <clears throat> I am proud. And, you know, it's funny, you know, we've, we, I don't know if we've talked about the actual like starting point of audit. I mean, you've, you've mentioned that I'm the founder and that I'm, I'm an MSP, but uh, I can remember uh, the day that I lost a deal and I had, I it was a prospect that I, I still haven't gotten again yet. And it's still on my list. I'm still marketing. I'd like another chance, but this was a really <clears throat> good, good company, a good prospect that I really wanted. I offered to do an assessment, 27 point assessment. That was my marketing pitch. They finally agreed. It was like my big chance to get in there. And I, I met with them. Um, what they were currently doing was pretty good, but we could, we definitely could do it better. And, and, we had the leg up on the business continuity disaster recovery side, which I saw as like a, a huge selling advantage product wise. So I gathered all the information up, <clears throat> um, prepared my proposal and showed up and uh, started talking about our solution. And I saw that like her eyes started like, you know, like, like roll into her head. And I thought, oh, like this isn't good. But I kept I powered through it. You know, I'd been here before. And I took out my proposal and she said, wait a minute. Um, I thought you were going to do an assessment. And I like, I was hit a wall, never hit that wall before, but I realized what I had been doing for a, a while prior to that was pitching the assessment, but I didn't really come in with an assessment. I skipped right to the punchline. It's like, it's like, you know, reading the cliff notes version. Like, let's just get, you know, let's skip all the value and everything. And so I had to backpedal my way out of it. And I said, well, what I did here, rather than take you through all the assessment was I just, I went right to the solution. So I never focused on what the current state was at all. 
uh, I tried to explain her future state using a proposal. Bad move, right? So I didn't get the deal. And, um, and I went home and I was so frustrated because I'd, I'd, I'd been losing a bunch of deals as of late, right? And I kind of started to just to placate, you know, myself, I started dropping my prices a little bit and I would win some deals, but I was fooling myself into thinking that people were buying because, you know, it was, it was valuable and really they were buying because I was probably making myself the least expensive. And I said, that's it. I'm going to do something about it. And I had this idea in my head for a while. And really where this came from was the financial services industry. I'm not sure if even if you remember this or know this, but there was a tool in the financial services industry that I watched. This is like back in the 90s, early 90s. I watched the agents use to sell cash value whole life insurance. And it was this like simple presentation that used color and these boxes. And it, believe it or not, theirs was actually more complicated because it had to, you had to deal with rates of return and inflation and all this other stuff, right? And I always thought to myself, you know, one day I'm going to find myself not so busy and I'm going to create this type of tool for the uh, MSP world or, or for myself at a minimum, right? And that's right, really what right. it did. It was that moment I said, that's, I had enough. And I got, a, I grabbed a couple books from my bookshelf. There was a few, there was a bunch of ideas thrown in my head and I really built it in Excel. And I came up with, uh, with, a, with basically the, the framework of audit. I did it in Excel, can certainly be done. And uh, I threw some colors in there. And it took me a long time to put it together because it was pretty manual and I had, I had a lot of typing and, you know, it was, wasn't real, wasn't real slick, but I created really like the cover sheet presentation and I just started using that. And I was amazed at how I had, uh, how differently I, I, my solutions were perceived. Immediately people were more engaged, even though it was like, it was kind of rough looking. And that was really the start of audit. And then, you know, that motivated me to, to polish up the report and really turn it into what we have today. And I thought that looking back, the best thing we ever did was we built the report first and we worked backwards. If you remember, um, we didn't create a system and then say, all right, well, what do we want this output to look like? I was adamant that, no, we were going to build the, the presentation. And um, what I'm most proud of is that that sales presentation hasn't changed in all these years, right? We've, we've changed the system. We've made the, the system that you use more intuitive and easier to develop that presentation. But that report has held up since day one. And, you know, with thousands of people selling off of that thing. And God knows how many uh, SMBs have been able to make a good buying decision. But that's really the, the, the real deep backstory on, on how it all came about. It was really, I just had enough. And uh, it was... Originally, it was only going to be for me, and a bunch of my peers convinced me to let them use it too. So I'm happy to see the opportunity that big players like Datto in the industry signal that this is a great tool. I'm happy to see that we have an opportunity in the next webinar coming up of the panel of five MSPs that are really crushing it with audit. And it's just validation that this works. And, it, you know, it did work for another industry, you know, 20 years ago when I saw it. And uh, it's working to today. And, and you know, it, it fuels my why is that these MSPs are selling and they're being successful. But, you know, who's benefiting are the businesses that they're serving. Right. right. And that's right. that's truly what this is about is those businesses of those MSPs are benefiting from the products and services that that they're able to, you know, to, to make a good buying decision around. And if Datto 
you know, is motivated to help us get this into the hands of more MSPs, that means even more SMBs are going to benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It segues, it segues into, into what we're talking, we're talking about, today, about today, which is, which is value. value. And yeah. we started this series last week with talking about uh, the problem. If there's not a problem, there's there's usually no sale. The the value, and, and we call it different things. You know, I, I call it like a, the buying void, and you've called it the value gap. And and it's the it's same thing. Really, at the end of the day, what it is is the difference between here, here, and here. All right, let me get on camera. Yeah. This is where the client is. This is where the value is. If you can't bridge that, if you can't demonstrate what that is, you're dead. Yeah. And there's a great story that I read that it, that demonstrates this very easily. And it's a it's a story about a gentleman who um, his wife. Um, um, and he had been invited by the president, I won't tell you which one, but to the White House for dinner. And um, he was meeting the wife. The wife was, uh, she worked in Washington, D.C. So she was, she was going to meet him at the White House. And he was driving his car. He's got a tuxedo on. And he blows a tire. This is like my kind of luck, right? It gets a flat tire on the side of the road. And now it's, it's raining, by the way. So now he's like, I'm going to be a disheveled disaster. I'm going to have dinner with the president of the United States. And this is how I'm starting this off. And I have an hour to be there in an hour. And he said a tow truck pulls up next to him like like an angel, you know, like shows up in the form of a tow truck. Guy rolls down his window, and says, do you need some help? And the guy's like, yeah, he goes, you're probably not going to believe me, but I'm having dinner with the president and my wife in an hour. And I need to be able to get there. Can you help me? And the guy says thousand dollars and I'll, i can help you and the guy said you're gonna charge me a thousand dollars to change my tire and he says no i'm gonna charge you a thousand dollars to change your tire and get you to the dinner you need to be at in an hour and the guy says done so that's the value that's the gap the value gap there right in that person's mind that's worth a thousand dollars right now on a normal day right where you have nowhere else to be you would have told that guy to just keep driving this tow truck, right? You know, none of us would spend a thousand bucks to get our tire changed. But when you're able to show the gap properly, the value takes care of itself, right? That thousand dollars seemed like a bargain. And P.S. The guy did make it to the dinner, and uh, you know he's able to tell that story, which I thought was pretty cool. But I thought that was a great example of how that value gap works. If you're not, you know, helping your prospect understand. Here's where your where your current state is, and here is where your future state will be. And getting them emotionally involved, you're missing a huge opportunity to easily sell to them. Right, right. Yeah, it, it's it's easier said than done, right? Like like I don't want to make this sound like it's the easiest thing in the world. It's hard. That's why something like audit exists. It you you really have to work hard. I mean, whole books have been written about this, right? Like the way to the the ability to to show the value from from one thing to another. And we were talking about on the Datto call on the Datto webinar. I said that you know, nobody wants to buy the cheapest solution. They want to pay the least amount of money, but they don't want to buy cheap. Nobody wants to buy cheap. Nobody walks into any place and goes, "Give me your crappiest car on the lot." They want the cheapest car. They want the most inexpensive thing, but they want the best solution. And, and you know, it's a funny thing because what what I think everybody falls into this, not just MSPs in, in every industry. You know, you get to a point in your maturity of, of how you run your MSP or how you run your business. 
and and you're at a point where you just want customers you need customers and you're willing to sacrifice on price right and if you're not able to communicate that value if you're not able to show them clearly the value to the point where they're salivating to the point where their mouth is watering then they're going to to focus on that cheap solution and if you're at that maturity level where you really need that customer you're going to lower your price now they still expect the value so at the end of the day what you have is a is a really needy client is just always going to be mad at you because you sold them stuff you can't you know they they think you're delivering up here they're paying down here you're pissed at them because they're taking up all your time they're pissed at you because you're not providing the value i mean have you experienced that in your msp yeah absolutely in fact um one of the the cool things you know about doing that assessment with audit is is to help the prospect even be able to determine that for themselves right because many times they don't know what they don't know right they they do know what they're spending every month but they don't know what they're getting right we're all so busy running our own businesses that many times people don't bother to to, to have a third party come in so when i pitch this i say listen it's probably one of the first times you've ever had anybody even take a look at what you have and i said you know my hope is that everything's good here and you might not need my services but you know if if the time comes later on down the line you you would think of me if not, you know, maybe we'll find something. And usually they go, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And then when I, you know, do the assessment, it's only one of three conclusions, right? Either one is, hey, you're in great shape. You know, let's say you scored a, a 92. And I said, there's only one or two things that I would change here. Here's what I think. And bring this back to your current MSP and have them help fix you up. They're going to appreciate that knowledge and they're going to feel validated that they're in the right spot. I'm going to, you know, say kudos to your MSP and I'll move on and you know who knows things might change in the future and they might think of two river tech and give us a call but more than likely what i find are the two scenarios are either that they're not getting what they're paying for right so they're spending some amount of money per month and it's a good amount and then they say what do you mean i got a 42 out of 100. i said well let's run through this and then at the end of that now they're emotionally involved because they're like wow i would have you know, I remember like in the old days when you're when the cell phone bills were, were pretty crazy, you had limited minutes and you'd go back like a year later and you go, wait a minute, I could get like an extra hundred minutes for the same price. I just no one ever told me. Right. I just never drove back to the store. The store didn't call me up. So, you know, we just go on with our busy lives and we just keep paying the money. Well, here I've just shown them and I've provided something of value. And now they realize that came from me as the as the person doing the audit. The other option sometimes is you are getting what you're paying for. You're just not paying enough. You know, I mean, if you have a 65 person company and you tell me you're spending 500 bucks a month on IT, I, I know immediately. I don't care what they're selling you. You're you're being underserved. Right? You just can't possibly spend 500 bucks on you know technology or six thousand a year and and you know and cover all the things that you need to cover. So in those cases, you know, when you score like a 22, the the company is like, yeah, well, we know we're not spending enough. And that's good, too, because my solution is going to be way more than that. So I want them to understand that, you know, you're getting what you're paying for. If this is where you're comfortable, then I'm probably not the, the solution provider, provider for you. Because if I sign myself on for $500 a month, I'm going to be leaving all sorts of boxes, red and yellow, right, and not doing the, the, the proper job for you. So, um can I tell you a quick story? I, I, we just we signed a church, and 
listen, churches are, you know, are really, I don't go after the smaller segment, but again, I'm happy to help. And this was a referral from a really good client of ours. And, um, you know, the church had a need and the need was, Hey, you know, we're looking at maybe getting a couple new phones really driven off of, uh, of, of the coronavirus. If they're having difficulties with our current old phone system and answering calls live out, you know, from home and wherever. And, um, and also with Wi-Fi, right? So they're trying to stream the masses. So um, I got, so, so their need again in their mind is, Hey, we just got to get some Wi-Fi and um, you know, we, we, some phones. So uh, I go in and, and, and my client says, listen, it's a church. Like, they don't need the Cadillac and they know how we serve them. Like, I think we do a really good job and, you know, they pay a, a good amount of money. So he was trying to basically say like, like they just want Wi-Fi and phones. Right. And I'm, yeah. I'm always thinking that's a product or a service. That's not what I saw. I saw solutions and I have to find out what else is going on here. So I'm, I went there and I, you know, I did my discovery. They have no firewall. They have no UPS. Um, the, the cabling is like taped, you know, so there's a lot of things that are wrong. The computers, there's four computers, no monitoring, no patching, no backup. So I put together a, uh, a solution. It was more than just Wi-Fi because I know if I just take Wi-Fi and plug it into what they currently have, the Wi-Fi is always going to have problems and that's going to be attached to me. And I think that's part of the point you're trying to make is that, you know, you, you underserve them. So when I was done, um, I sent this, the proposal over to my client who now has to pitch it to his church. And he says, well, how am I supposed to do this? You're, uh, you know, you're, you're $400 more a month and, uh, you know, you're selling other things on here that they don't even know that they need. Like, what's this UPS and do they really need a firewall? They're just a church. So I said, oh, do you even get the second email? I said, I sent you the audit report. So he got the audit report. And I showed him, I said, you guys are at like a 31 right now. I said, I'm going to get you up to a, a 87, right? There's still some other things like we're not going to fix all the cabling right now, but you need to be aware of that because these are things that could be a problem later on down the line. And, and you know, you need to either budget for it or just be cognizant that could be a problem. He took my audit report, not me. He sold the deal using my audit report and they got me on a call the deal was already done. They got me on a call with some gentleman, uh, John, who I guess has been around that church a lot longer. And he's, he's a decision maker on like a board. And uh, they said, do you have any questions? And John says, no, this was great. He said, I understood exactly where we are and the things that you, you want to provide. And uh, he's like, I'm, I'm good. And I said, are you, are you technical? He's no, I'm not really technical. And I was like, how cool is that? That I was able to give the audit report to my client. And my client went and sold the deal from me off the audit report. I wasn't the cheap guy. I wasn't selling even the product, only what they wanted, which is just Wi-Fi and some phones. And I got the deal. It's not a huge deal. It's under $1,000 a month. But uh, it was just validation in, in, in how simple and easy the sales process. I said, if I could teach my client who <laughs> doesn't sell yeah. IT to sell a deal, and it was based on nothing more than simplicity and showing them what the future state was, which was the gap, and getting them to understand that, yes, we want to close that gap. It's worth the money for us. And uh, we won the deal. So I don't know. I thought that was a pretty cool story. You know, it would have been cool if it was a $10,000 a month one. But but nonetheless, you think about the power of, of how that report works um, and the simplicity that a non-technical person who work for the MSP sold it for me. Yeah, it, it's great. That's a great example. And we hear, obviously, we hear those examples over and over again when we talk to clients. It's it's about getting people to change their mind, to want 
desire to want to make a change, right? That's, and we talked about, we're going to talk about change a bit next week in next week's episode. We'll be on time next week. We don't have a webinar scheduled right at one, but we do the week after. So we'll be late again in two weeks, but uh, next week we're going to talk about bringing people to the change. It's you, you change their mind, you know, and that's, that's the key. And, you know, we don't have to do this now, but I want to, cause we could die. This could be a whole, this was probably a whole future episode. And I want to kind of talk about it a little bit is the psychology behind it, because there's, there's, there's a reason why that works. Um, with with the audit report, what you did, number one, you, you've created something that's very simple for anybody to understand. I mean, oh, I'm going to unpack it a little bit, right? Like in, in the church's example, it was so, it's so simple that you don't even, you don't need to teach anyone how to sell with it. You gave it to your client to go and sell your service to his superiors. That's a very powerful thing that, that is missing from most people's sales presentations, including my own. When I, when I talk to MSPs, you know, I've, I've sometimes we, you know, our client, our users can't get their boss to buy into it. How do we as audit help them imagine that they can go to their boss and, and sell their boss. So it's because this, the report is, is so darn simple and easy to understand. Nobody, they get it when they glance at it. And that's, there's a scientific reason behind that when it's simple, People's minds are engaged. Their brain can understand it and comprehend, and people get more interested in things they can understand. When it's confusing and it's complex, they, the brain turns off, right? The, 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 if the emotional center of the brain is not engaged, it's not going to pass the information on to the logical part of the brain where it can compute it. It just cuts it off. So the simplicity allows it to get through that process in the brain. The other thing is, just quite frankly, the colors. I mean, it's silly to, to say, listen, red, yellow, and green – elicits an emotion. And if you, if you put a word document together with red, yellow, and green, it's going to do something to somebody. Mm -hmm. They're going to instantly look at it and go, that's red. That's bad. Now the audit report takes it a bunch of steps further. There is some serious design work that goes into that, that went into that. Uh, the power of three is embedded in audit. You know, people, we know that we know through science that, that we like humans like seeing three things, right? Like those three, it's just the way our, our minds are wired. So the power of three is kind of built into audit with three blocks by three blocks. It just makes it more user friendly to the mind. And all those things you do trigger something, trigger those, uh, those things, those Things flowing through our mind, right? The dopamine, and it makes the mind happy. It greases, greases up the brain so that this process can get through. And the scoring, the fact that you're giving somebody a score, it's it's so dense, it's so incredibly silly, silly, simple. People don't want to fail, right? If you and you know this, right? Like if if you ask somebody to do something, sometimes they'll they'll be like, ah, I'm kind of busy. But if you give them like a, a challenge. Like people get sucked right into it. Like the stupid things on, on uh, Facebook, uh, which beetle are you or which Rolling Stone are you? You know, people have to they get sucked into that because they have to take a challenge. Getting a score of a 40 is a challenge, right? It's a grade. You've been graded. You've lost. You have to make it better. So, uh, you know, and, and we can go on and on and on with this, but there's that subtle psychology of why audit works so well. Yep. And we're going to be doing a webinar uh, soon coming up, which is going to talk more about exactly what you're talking about. It's all about the why 
audit works. So, you know, we, we probably took it for granted that people would use it and then go, wow, I believe it works. But some people want to study this a little more. They, they do want to see what's behind the curtain and why it works. And, I, and like you said, I promise you, there is psychology that's behind this. It works. And one thing you mentioned, which I think is really important, is that like biologically, the human brain's job is to is to help you survive, right? Like if you were freezing to death, it knows you could lose your feet and still survive, right? So it you know it 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 redirects the blood flow to your vital organs to keep you alive, right? Even right. though you might be you know walking around with stumpy legs, you know. So your 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 brain is intrinsically programmed that way, and when it wants to conserve calories. It doesn't want to burn a lot of energy. And when you show them the report and they see red or yellow, it immediately awakens that, that, that you call it the crocodile brain, right? In the, oh, I, I, I care about this. This is red or yellow. And then what is it? <clears throat> and we go right to the summary statement. <clears throat> Excuse me, the bottom line. And you don't have to say, well, it's red. Give me an hour. Let me show you. I'm going to go through 32 pages because then the brain kind of tunes it back out and decides too many calories to burn, right? <clears throat> the brain is easily able to see, okay, I understand why it's red. <clears throat> You're going to turn it green. What's it going to cost me? And there is psychology. We do the math for you. We don't want it to just be color. We have to score it because you've got to be able to easily see current state versus my future state, right? And it, the easiest way to do that is score from zero to 100. And now you can see the ground that we're going to cover. And the closer you are to the finish line, the more likely you are to take action, right? So somebody is more motivated. And people don't think this way. Like when we buy, I don't go, well, you know, I'm, I'm more motivated today to, to purchase this because I'm closer to the finish line. No, no, that's not what happens. We just naturally do this stuff, right? So we didn't make this up. There's books. You could read 100 books on the topic, right? Right. It, if you see something and somebody says, hey, um, it's $100 to go from a 65 to a 70, you're going to think about it. You're like, all right, but the goal is to get to 100. So I don't know. Is, 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 you know, is $100 worth that, that incremental? However, if I say to you it's $300 to go from a 97 to 100, you're more than likely to spend that three because you're going to get yourself closer, if not to the finish line, right? So there's psychology that makes people want to buy. So when we do the business reviews, you know, oftentimes our scores are already pretty good, but maybe not quite 100. The reason why I have such great success in upselling and cross-selling is because we're so close to that 100. When I pitch them, they go, all right, let's do it. And I'm not selling snake oil, right? I'm selling things that, like, you know, are going to keep them in business or going to, you know, help prevent a, a, a cyber breach or an attack. You know, they're important right. things. So all MSPs are selling. But, you know, like you said, there is – there's very much a uh, psychology and mentality that goes in behind this that proves why it works. Um, whether you care about it or not, or if you just want to go out and use it and go, wow, it works. I don't care about the about crocodile brains. But like I said, you know, I was able to take you know, my client and basically I said, I go, go in with the audit report. I said, should tell them what, where they're at today. It's a 32 and say that, for that amount, you know, whatever it was per month, this amount gets them to an 87. And we still have some things we would need to adjust in the future. And that's what he sold. He basically sold the gap and with color and, you know, quick summary statements made it really easy for him 
to explain. There was some infographics in there, you know, in case, you know, he was a little unsure, they could look at it. And, uh, you know, the deal, I don't want to say sold itself, but uh, it kind of did. Cool. All right. So we're going to wrap this up for this week. And I'm going to tell you that next week on our Facebook Live here, our weekly sales wrap, we're going to talk, kind of continue this conversation and talk about leading people to change, getting people to change their mind. Um, because really nothing's going to happen until that happens. So thanks for being here with me, Frank. And um, everybody have a great week. See you again next week. All right. Thanks, guys.